This teaching is from City Church Coventry. You can find us online at www.citychurchcoventry.org. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, Awake, you who sleep. Arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Great, thank you. Sorry, I was just trying to get my Bibles in position. (laughs) Uh, Wonderful reading. Uh, Some uh, unusual phrases in there, because uh, we were reading this morning from the New King James Version. Look at the size of that Bible. Isn't that a beauty? The New King James Version. And uh, I needed to... I needed to use that one because it used the phrase in there, redeeming the time. In the more modern translations, here we have, here we have the, uh, the NIV. That's the nearly infallible version. Normally, I read from the ESV, which is the entirely satisfactory version. Uh, but here in the NIV, it, te- it puts the verse that way. Uh, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. And I want to talk today about what it means to redeem the time, what it means to make the most of every opportunity. And and whilst making the most of every opportunity is a much easier phrase to understand and really does get to the heart of what the scripture is saying, there's something I think that's revealed in this phrase, redeeming the time, which we can miss, because if it's just making the most of an opportunity, um, you know, it, that actually has a, a, a fairly um, non-urgent or kind of take it or leave it or, oh, well, that was a happy coincidence kind of feel to it, at least when I hear that phrase. But redeeming the time, as soon as you bring that word redeeming in and you think, oh, wow, I know about redemption. I know I have a redeemer, Jesus Christ. I know that my redeemer lives. Suddenly we realize that there is something going on. And the word time as well translated as opportunity. Isn't that interesting as well? Well, we'll talk about why that is in just a moment. But first of all, let's not gloss over the evil days. Um, And, you know, uh, that's a description, not just of specifically bad times in history, but that's a description of the current season that we live in. And by the season we live in, I mean, from the time that Christ poured out his Holy Holy Spirit at Pentecost, nearly 2,000 years ago, until the time when he returns. This season, this age in which we live, the days are evil. There's a lot of evil going on in the world, but they're also days of great opportunity. You know, we're we're called to understand the times so that we know what we should do. And God doesn't want us to be uh, ignorant of the times that we live in. Do you know that this pandemic pandemic didn't take him by surprise? And in some respects, it shouldn't have taken us by surprise, not not knowing that it was coming or the specific timing of it. But it's actually just consistent with the times that we live in. Bad things happen. There is a there is a clash of the kingdoms, the kingdom of heaven 
and the kingdom of this world. There's a clash between those, the present age, which is passing away, and the age to come, which is breaking in by the power of the Holy Spirit. But knowing that the days are evil, what does God do? He gives us a command, redeem the time. In every crisis, there is an opportunity. And I'm not talking about um, disaster capitalism, <laughs> you know, making, uh, making money out of other people's disadvantage. Uh, that, that's abhorrent to God. But I'm talking about the fact that when there is a time of, of evil, when there is an evil time, when there is challenge, when there is opposition, there is also, by the grace of God, always an opportunity. What does redeem mean? I think we kind of know what redeem means, but um, it means literally, doesn't it, to buy back or exchange. And this put me in mind of a holiday we went on as a family uh, a number of years ago to a, a place in, in France called Saint-Gilles. And um, in the town in Saint-Gilles, uh, there was this um, kind of funfair amusement park arcade type place um, with lots of different games. And, you know, you kind of not, you, you know, like you have slot machines, you put money in and things like that. Well, it wasn't quite like that. You weren't trying to win back money every game of 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 chance or maybe skill you played you would depending on how well you did you would win these tickets now what was great about this is that you always seem to win something you always got and sometimes you won dozens and dozens of these tickets and it felt great it felt like man we've we've we're, we're really good at this we're making such a such a, a, a great return and we ended up with Bundles and bundles of these tickets filled our pockets. We saved them all the way through the week. And at the end of the week, you could come or whenever you wanted to, but we waited till the end of the week. You could come and you could redeem these tickets for a whole selection of prizes and, uh, and, and, and different items. And they had, you know, they had things like, you know, hi-fis and, uh, uh, computer games and all kinds, all kinds of really cool stuff. And, and there'd been six of us and we'd been doing this all through the week and we'd spent probably quite a few euros on this, but we were absolutely loaded with these tickets. We thought this is great. Let's go and see what we can exchange these tickets for. How can we redeem these tickets? So we went and we had the tickets all counted up and I don't know how many we had, but we had hundreds, hundreds of these things. And we were just getting excited. Wow. What are we going to be able to buy? What are we going to be able to to redeem these tickets for and as we looked at how many tickets you needed for each thing uh we we worked out that we that the best item we could find for these hundreds of tickets we had i have it i have it right here was a four piece pickle serving set that originally had four spoons but only two of which remain unbroken this was our labor this was our investment of of I hate to think how many euros through we had quite a lot of fun doing it, so it wasn't it wasn't the end of the world. Uh, a four piece pickle serving set. Now I like my poppadoms and I like my pickles with my poppadoms, and that's had quite a lot of use over the years. But it didn't seem like a great exchange to me. But the principle was there. I have something. I can redeem it. I can buy it back. And that's what the word that's being used here. It says, look. 
you can redeem the time. You can buy back. You have something much more powerful than pockets stuffed with a load of tickets. You have something which means you have the, the, the means by which to buy an opportunity, to buy something for the purposes of God from this challenging uh, uh, season, from these evil days. And um, isn't that a wonderful thing? You know what we have? We have the power of the cross. When Jesus died on the cross, when he redeemed you and me, when he bought us back to the Father, do you know what? He reconciled us, and the scripture says he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. We have the power, we have the authority, we have the means by which to take opportunity from difficult and challenging times and buy it back to the purposes of God. The word for time here is kairos. And the best translation of that word is simply time. But the translation making the most of every opportunity helps us understand something about this particular word for time. In the Greek language of the New Testament, there are two words used for time, kairos and chronos. And chronos means kind of like a length or a measurement of time, which is where we get kind of um, chronological and chronometer from those words in English. But Kairos talks about a particular moment or season of opportunity. That's why the translators put making the most of every opportunity. In Acts 3, Peter tells us that, that when people respond to the gospel, I love this, in Acts 2, Peter gives his gospel appeal and he says, repent and be baptized and you'll receive the Holy Spirit. In Acts 3, he said, repent and turn to God that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. And uh, it's really interesting, isn't it, that in Acts 2, people's response to the gospel is all about their own salvation. But in Acts 3, it's all about the fact that God wants to send these times of refreshing, these seasons of opportunity. And the evil days of the present age are also seasons of opportunity for God's redemptive purpose, for you and I to be able to buy things back to the purpose of God, turn them around, reconcile them, uh, wrestle something good out of a difficult season. And, you know, this whole principle that when in evil there's opportunity and in evil we can turn it to good or God intends to turn it to good. It goes back all the way down through the scriptures. A great example of this is in Genesis 50, where Joseph is kind of summarizing his life story before his brothers. And he says this to them. He says, as for you, meaning his 11 brothers, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for good to bring about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. You see, you know, his brothers, they beat him up. They threw him in a well and then they sold him to some slave traders. And uh, that's pretty evil. That's pretty unpleasant treatment. I mean, you know, growing up, I had a brother and there were times when we were unpleasant to each other, but we never beat each other up, threw each other in a well or sold each other into slavery. Um but he says, look, you meant evil towards me, but God meant it for good. He turned this situation around. And you know, we know that whole stream of events that led Joseph to go down into Egypt and, you know, and he prospers in Potiphar's house and then gets falsely accused and gets thrown in prison. And the scripture says he prospered in prison. And then just at the right time, he was there to be called on to come and interpret Pharaoh's dream and, and is appointed 
as effectively the prime minister of the nation. And he saves the, the, the nation or the empire of Egypt and he saves the nation of Israel. Isn't that amazing that in that adverse evil days that the, the time, the opportunity, the kairos of God was there ready to be redeemed? And it seems from Peter, the way Peter talks about times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord, it seems that they are the way that God propels his purposes forward. I, I kind of think you can read the book of Acts as a series of times of refreshing where God instigates something from the heavens, which comes and takes his purposes forward. Remember, Jesus had given them a pattern for the mission. He says, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And, and the book of Acts pretty much follows that pattern. And it's a series of, of, of accounts being told of, of the apostles seizing opportunities. Sometimes they need a bit of persuading. Peter needs a bit of persuading to go and speak to Cornelius to realize this is, this is God's kairos. This is God's moment of opportunity. Um, one of the examples I love about this is the story of I mean, Philip. He's a wonderful character. He's not one of the apostles, um, but he's, he's a wonderful character. You know, he's the guy that manages to run alongside a an Ethiopian's chariot and and share the gospel with him at the same time. Uh, God then kind of just teleports him uh, from the desert up to a place called Azotus. And then the next we find about him is the scripture says that that great persecution arose against the church in Jerusalem and everyone was scattered except the apostles. And And well, let's not particularly make much comment on that except isn't that interesting but philip has as not one of the apostles he goes to samaria this is the first account we have of the gospel being preached in samaria except of course in john 4 where jesus is there but but in terms of the the the, the history of the church and, and in acts this is the first time the gospel gets preached in samaria but what did jesus said you'll be my witnesses in jerusalem judea samaria and to the ends of the earth. And Samaria was was the place that that good good Jews didn't really want to go to. They saw the Samaritans as as a, as a corrupt and an impure uh, people who were who were who had started as as part of Israel but had become mixed with the nations. And they you know they disdained them. That's why the story of the good Samaritan is such a challenge that Jesus tells because Samar nobody would have anything to do with Samaritans, but. But Philip goes to Samaria. Why does he go to Samaria? What provokes him to go there? Well, persecution, trouble. He just needed to get out of Jerusalem. It was an evil day. But he goes to Samaria and what happens? He instigates a revival. You see, that's redeeming the time. That's taking hold of the opportunity that is presented in the crisis. And, you know, when we understand the time, when we understand this dynamic, uh, that there is a divine opportunity for something redemptive in every evil day, something that furthers the purpose of God, something that carries forward the mission of God. And, and who knows, but certainly from Philip's, Philip's example, a persecution that was strong enough to drive most of the believers out of Jerusalem led to the breaking in of the gospel in a whole new region. Maybe the more evil the days seem to be, the greater the opportunity. I don't know whether that's necessarily true, but I do know that in every difficulty, and we live in a season of difficulties, 
It's the whole era that we live in. Sometimes it feels closer. Sometimes it feels more obvious. But the truth is that's that's the time we live in. That in every season of difficulty, in every day of evil, there is an opportunity. It is a kairos. It's a time of refreshing that has come from the presence of the Lord. I'm not saying God brings about the evil. God doesn't bring about the evil. He doesn't need to. It's around. It's there happening. But every time evil raises its head or comes against us or the challenge comes or the opposition comes, God says, it's time for refreshing to come from my presence. Here is a new opportunity, a new kairos. Romans 8.28 is a very well-known scripture, isn't it? It says, for we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those according to his purpose. For we know that for those that love God, all things work together for good for those according to his purpose. And most often in my thinking and whenever I've heard anyone talk about this scripture, the application is personal. Um. All things work together for good for those who love God. Oh, it's about me. It's about God working everything together. And we take this and we take comfort in the fact that whatever's going on around us, God will find a way to work that together for our good. And I believe that 100%. But I also believe there's another much bigger context that we're supposed to read this scripture in. That for all those who love God, All things work together for good, not just my good, but for good, for the good of what God is doing, for the good uh, will of God, for the good, pleasing and perfect plan of God. All things work together. Now, how do they work together? They work together when people like you and me redeem the time. When we look at a situation that is a challenge and is a difficulty and is evil, and rather than, than stepping back, We step forward and say, there's an opportunity in here. There's an opportunity for me to lay hold of this and to redeem the time to seize the opportunity. Because it says for those who are called according to his purpose, his eternal purpose that he is out working right now. God is working all things together towards the good goal that all things will be brought to consummation in Christ. So rather than just the narrow consideration when you face those difficulties and challenges, we're all facing them right now. We're all feeling them. Rather than just thinking, well, how is this going to work out for my good? Why not take a broader view and say, Lord, what can I do right now to be part of redeeming the time, to be part of taking my place in the all things working together for the great good of your eternal purpose and the coming of your kingdom? It's also worth noting here, isn't it, that it says redeem the time. It's a a command. There's an imperative. It's not a passive thing. But when God gives us a commandment, we can be absolutely certain that he has given us the, the ability to fulfill that command. He's given us the anointing that we need to be able to do that. And when it says, the translation puts it, making the most of every opportunity, I think it also tells us that there are multiple opportunities around, that we haven't got to sit and kind of try and discern or which what one thing is it that God has got for me to do, but to just have this awareness that there's a world of opportunities around us to redeem the time and to be part of God working all things together for good. 
making the most kind of implies we could miss it as well, doesn't it? And just think about the parable of the talents. Uh, you know, there was the, the, the servant was given five, another was given two, and another was given one. And uh, I, I always find the, the, the parables fascinating when the, 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 the person that kind of speaks as a picture of God or of Jesus is actually painted in, in not the best light. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and the master in, in this parable is known by the servants for his toughness and for his high expectations and, and not suffering fools gladly. And, and two of them work because they know the character of their master and they know what he would do. And the other one is afraid of the character of his master and it scares him into inactivity. And, um, but the interesting thing is that they, they weren't told especially what to do. They were just given some, they were just given an opportunity. They were just given a potential. They were just given, uh, a, a means or a power. If you like, they were given a bunch of, uh, of tickets that <laughs> could be earned in a fun fair. They had something, they had the potential to do something. And two of them used the potential they were given and one of them didn't. You know, I think that speaks somewhat to where we're at right now, which is we don't have to go and worry to the nth degree of, what exactly is God saying? But, but hear what he's saying, which is that there are opportunities all around. There are opportunities all around for you to redeem the time, to make the most of the season that we're in. And, and it's a good time to do that because we're having to reevaluate how we use our time, what we give ourselves to, just because of the external circumstances around us. But rather than thinking, how am I going to survive? How am I going to get on with this? What box set am I going to watch on Netflix this time around? Actually, turn and say, Holy Spirit, show me the opportunities that are still right here to hand, the opportunities I still have to be part of you working all things together for good. You know that the book of Ephesians and the book of Colossians are kind of like sister epistles. Um, and and in, in fact, they were designed to be read together and circulated together among the churches in uh, what was then the province of Asia, Western Turkey, when Paul wrote them. Um, and so they have a lot of similar themes. But one of the interesting things is, is how the different themes are applied in different ways. And this phrase, redeeming the time, occurs, the only other place it occurs is in Colossians 4. And in Colossians 4, verse 5 and 6, it says, walk in wisdom to those who are outside, that is those that aren't believers, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know what you ought to answer each one. And, and in this uh, scripture in Colossians, the context of redeeming the time is put very explicitly around the idea of witnessing and speaking the word of God to people that don't know Jesus. And isn't that interesting? And doesn't that tally with kind of our own experience and our own gut that actually when the times are particularly evil, there is a greater openness and questioning how should i answer that's what it says how be prepared to give a good answer for the hope that you have says peter um that there are there are going to be those who are who are asking those who are questioning those who are searching those who are looking for answers in this time and paul says walk in wisdom redeem the time with these people let your speech be with grace and season with salt. You know, it's quite easy to get angry. It's quite easy to get snarky. It's quite easy to get um, dismissive or, or critical in this season. And I know I have to check myself with that, you know, because sometimes you think, well, 
you know, I could do better than some of these, you know, authorities are doing. And, 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 you know, that's, that's not helpful. Uh, that's not a, that's not a helpful attitude. Um, but let's season our words with grace. Let's be gracious and let's know that when we answer, we give an answer that glorifies Jesus, gracious speech to searching questions, opportunities for us to share. We're coming into a season running up to Christmas. And um, uh, as a church, we really want to take this as a season to spread the good news about Jesus. We're going to hopefully be releasing a series of videos through December that we can share and, and, and put the word around and then take some opportunities as Christmas comes to invite people uh, online, almost certainly, but invite people to come and hear the true message of Christmas. Let's take the most, make the most, redeem the time, make the most of the opportunities. You know, redemption is always possible. That's part of the season we live in. Why hasn't Jesus come back, says Peter? He says, because God is gracious and he wants all men to come to him. He's holding off on his return to extend this season of grace whereby people can hear the gospel and put their faith in Jesus. And whatever is intended as evil, whatever is intended to come against us, God works it for good. And that's the exchange. That's a much better exchange than taking thousands of paper tickets and ended up with a fairly dodgy uh, pickle cruet set. Uh, well, that's, that's a poor example of exchange, but what an exchange God has provided for. He exchanged Christ and the life of Christ and his death for your death that you might have life. What a divine exchange. And he's empowered you and me to be agents of exchange and of redemption in the world. In these evil days, we have an equipping and an empowering to, the re to redeem the time. Let's make the most of the opportunities that are all around us. Amen. Thanks for listening to this teaching from City Church Coventry. You can find more great teaching and other resources on our website at www.citychurchcoventry.org.